Hello everyone, my name is Jeremy McCandless and you've reached part 17 in our series I've entitled 66 books, 66 short messages which give an overview of each of the 66 books of our Bible. And we've reached today the book of Esther, the book of the providence of God. Esther, at first glance, seems a strange book to have in the Bible at all, because God's name is not even mentioned in it. Over the years, some have called Esther the Book of Feasts, because all the events in the book revolve around three feasts. The Feast of Ahasuerus, the Feast of Esther, and the Feast of Purim. It is also interesting to note that only two books in the Bible are named after women. The other book, Ruth, tells the story of a Gentile woman who marries a Jew, whilst Esther tells the story of a Jew who marries a Gentile. The author of Esther is unknown. However, there are three things about the author that can be clearly inferred from the text. Firstly, the author was probably a Jew, or at least had a knowledge of Jewish customs, and the fact that there is a real sense of Jewish national pride permeating through the book also points to that. Secondly, the author was probably a Persian Jew, not a Palestinian Jew. Experts summarise this because the author had intimate knowledge of Persian etiquette and customs, and they were also able to describe the Palace of Susa, as well as the details of the events that went on there in the reign of Ahasuerus. Thirdly, the author wrote after the death of Ahasuerus in 464 BC, and it should be noted that Ezra chapter 10 speaks of his reign in the past tense. Mordecai is usually identified as the author. In fact, Esther 9 verse 20 says he was an author. Early Jewish historian Josephus believed that Mordecai was the author. If he did not write it, well, then certainly someone made use of his records. In times past, some have actually rejected Esther's position in Holy Scripture, usually because it does not mention the name of God, or talk about faith or prayer, or any other godly virtues. Others point out its inclusion is not necessary for tracing the family line of the Messiah and the fact that neither Jesus nor the New Testament ever quotes from it. Nevertheless, Esther should be in the Bible, primarily because it holds an important place in the Jewish canon of scriptures. Jews venerated it second only to the books written by Moses and it was the inspiration for observing the Feast of Purim for thousands and thousands of years. But most importantly for Christians, Jesus is seen to celebrate the Feast of Purim in Luke 24.44, and the early church absolutely accepting it. It is also worth remembering that the God's name does not occur either in the Song of Solomon either. In both these names, God's name may not have been seen or used, but his hand and his work most certainly is. Thinking about who it was written to, the recipients. To determine the date of the book of Esther, the following factors should be considered. Ahasuerus was a king of Persia from 486 to 464 BC. 
According to Esther chapter 1 verse 3, the feast of Ahasuerus took place in the third year of his reign, i.e. that would be 483 BC. The historian Herodotus referred to this banquet as the occasion of Ahasuerus planning for a military campaign against Greece. He was in fact defeated by the Greeks at Salmanus in 479 BC, and that is recorded for us in Esther chapter 2. And according to Esther chapter 3 verses 7 to 12, the events of the rest of the book took place in around 473 BC. That means the events seen in this book span approximately 10 years from 483 to 473 BC. The palace at Susa was destroyed by fire, we know, in 435 BC, and this is not mentioned in the book of Esther. So this suggests that the book was likely to have been written after the events as described, but no later than 435 BC. The recipients were the Persian Jews, those who did not return to Palestine and who lived in Persia around 450 BC. Though they were disobedient by staying in Persia, and though they did not enjoy the blessing of God in returning to Israel with the others, nonetheless they were still God's children and he beneficially cared for them. The book of Esther belongs to the period of Israel's history known as the post-exile. The subject of Esther is the providence of God. The biblical idea of providence says that God works behind the scenes. He sometimes hides himself from view, but he works things out to protect and to bless his own. Although God is never mentioned in the book of Esther, he is still seen to be ruling in the affairs of his people, whether they acknowledge him or not. He still has a purpose for his people, and he would not allow them to be destroyed. So the message of Esther is God providentially protects his children. The literary structure of Esther, like Ruth, is almost pure narrative. The book of Esther is basically a story, and the structure is the story itself. It divides roughly into two parts. In the first part, in the first five chapters, the first half of the book, it outlines some dangers to the Jews. We witness the divorce of Vashti, and the revealing of Esther, and then the decree of Haman and issues, and Esther's decisions and motivations are looked at. And then in the second half of the book from chapter 6 to 10, we hear about the deliverance of the Jews. The purpose of Esther is to remind those Jews who remained in Persia of God's providential care. It also records for us the origins of the Feast of Purim, which was initiated by Mordecai at the suggestion of Esther in memory of the deliverance of the Jews from this murderous plot of Haman. Purim is important, it means a lot. The name was given to the feast because of the casting of lots by Haman to decide whether or not he should carry out the decree issued by the king for the extermination of the Jews. So in summary, Mordecai wrote this book to the Jews remaining in Persia to remind them that they were still providentially delivered from extinction and God providentially protects his children.